Welcome to another episode of the podcast and this week I'm joined by Tommy Gentleman. This is a cracking episode. We talk everything from mindset to personal development to how to be a better leader, how to show up every day even when you don't feel like it and how to be a better dad and role model. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you on the other side. Right, so today's podcast I'm joined by Tommy Gentleman. Now um, we're going to get into some real good stuff today. We're going to talk a lot about well-being, about leadership and about men but I, what I've known Tommy, well, I've not known Tommy, I've watched Tommy's content for over a year now and he, I've seen him on a podcast that I did with Alex Povey, he was on after that and I was really struck by Tommy and his content and, and how he actually speaks and he's also got an awesome uh, TED talk as well. But for people that don't know you Tommy and the listeners who aren't aware of you or what you do, what's led you to, to this point and just tell them a little bit about who you are. Yes, yeah, well first of all thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I always like having a good jam session on the podcast and seeing where it takes us. And I'm really keen to get stuck into the topics that you've got lined up for us. So listener, good to be here with you. Thanks for listening. So I'm Tommy Gentleman. First of all, that is my real name. I always get that. Great um, name. Yeah, yeah. I hated it at school, buddy. It was terrible <laughs> at school. But now, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm very grateful. So I guess it all started for me in the fitness industry. I literally came out of college early and went and worked in a gym. Um, I had a level one gym instructor, which you probably didn't even know was a thing. Not at all. But it is. It basically just tries to figure out whether you're a student that actually wants to do it or not. So they put you on that for a year first until you kind of ready. Um, so I came back to level one, hadn't even got my level two, managed to sort of haggle a job just through the passion that I had for wanting to be there instead of at college. And um, this gym gym manager of my local gym took a punt on me put me in as um, a full-time gym instructor and I sort of earned my stripes on the gym floor and I was just a scrawny kind of you know 18 year old lad that was just keen to gain the respect of all the guys in the weights room and I only did that for eight months eight months employed and that was the last time that I ever had a like em- employed job since that moment I went off to New Zealand to go and work out there. I've got some family out there and they're in the fitness industry. So I wanted to get a bit of experience, wanted to see the world a little bit. Came back and I was like, right, I know what I want to do. I set up a PT studio, which was in 2009, which looking back now was really quite innovative. I see them now, you, you know, you do listener, you'll see this as well. Personal training studios popping up for like the last three or four years. This was 2009 that, that this happened so but I just knew it was what I wanted to do there was nothing that was going to get in the way of that that then led to a gym so I went for it unit big overheads monthly memberships staff employees personal trainers um and within so that was 2012 and then within two years we expanded that doubled its size and um that's when I started to get into coaching now at the moment, as I sit here in 2020, April 2020, the month we'll always remember due to the current situation that we're all going through, um, I'm a, a consultant to business owners. And that was always the direction that I wanted to go in, mate. So I always knew that was what I wanted to do. I always knew. And that was an inspiration from watching a Tony Robbins video. <laughs> I watched a Tony Robbins video around about the time that I was starting the, the PT studio and something struck me about that guy. And it wasn't about how great of a speaker he was or, you know, how much of a influence he had and stuff like that. It was just how much freaking impact he could make to someone. 
and at first I was like, you know, what is this? And then I started watching more and I started to do a couple of the programs and I was like, actually, this is having a profound effect on me. Mm. And it's leading me to this place where I want to learn more. So I did the NLP practitioner and NLP coaching qualifications. Yeah. Um, then I went into real deep, you know, down the rabbit hole into the hypnosis and into the like real depths of the unconscious mind, which a lot of that is very useful now, but some of it isn't. Uh, I'll be honest, it was kind of down a different road. And um, I always knew that the business stuff was where I wanted to go because I have this passion as well for for business. And that's why I made light of the fact that I've only had a job that one time. Everything else since has been kind of uh, generated by myself, if that makes sense. So who am I? I'm a guy that just does his best to help people. And that's always been the case. It's gone from the, you know, the woman who wants to lose a little bit of weight to now the business owner that has um, five or six members of staff and is just looking to grow their profits and get their time back out of their business. Ooh. In between a bit of that, like you said, a bit of speaking and um, a, bit of, a bit of writing here and there too. Well, that's two massive achievements, though, like in terms of impact, in terms of writing a book and yeah. uh, the TED Talk. Was that something that you always that you like a TED talk that for me, like it's like TED talk. That's a, that's a big thing. That's a big goal ticked off. Was that always on your tick list kind of get there? Or do you have like a, a tick list of like, look, I know where I'm going next. This is my vision of where I want to be. Do you have that for yourself or did it kind of just flow? It kind of just flowed into it naturally. I feel, I feel, I feel like I know the next logical step or the next logical platform. And that's what I always focus on. And it's not like I write it down. I haven't got a big old vision board on my wall here. And don't get me wrong, that does work. But I kind of gone past that now. I don't necessarily have to do that sort of thing. It's just there. And with the TEDx talk, it was quite remarkable, actually, because I was always thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great to do that? Wouldn't that be like the epitome of the speaking journey yeah. to be able to stand on that red dot and talk about something that you felt that you felt was the most important thing for you to share with people. And um, I had no, I, I didn't even look into it. You know, it was like, I didn't even make it a point of, Hey, today I'm going to research how to do a TED. It was like, I was giving a talk and uh, a woman came up to me afterwards and was like, I'm organizing a TEDx talk. I'd like you to speak. And I was like, yes, yeah, sweet. I'm in. <laughs> it was as simple as that. And then it got closer and closer. And I was thinking about what I was going to talk about. Yeah. But I knew, you know, and I think if you've watched it, you'll, you'll know that there was nothing else that I could have spoken about that day. Yeah. Um, and that's why I kind of just knew straight away. I was like given this chance to talk about something that I thought was the most important thing for me to share with people. Awesome. Well, one of the things I want to get over today as well and talk to a lot of the guys, because obviously we've got a lot of guys in our world and, and there's a lot of guys that will follow both of us, but I've seen a massive increase, especially over the last few years in, issues with guys with their mental health, uh, with their well-being, with how they feel about themselves, and have a low confidence, a lack of direction, a lack of purpose. Why, first of all, do you think that is? And what can we do to help men who are feeling a little bit lost right now and they need that uh, bit of, they need that confidence boost, they need a bit of direction and purpose. What can we do to really, really help them at a core level? It's such a great question. And the thing about this in terms of giving an answer is that some guys will hear this and they'll go, yeah, cool. I get it. That's, yep. that's something that I can connect with other guys. It might just be the wrong day. Yeah. 
um, you know this, and we were talking before we went on here about some of the responses that we get to some of the posts that we put out, some of the adverts that we put out. I think that the solution is also the problem. And that is that men, uh, deep down, we're warriors. Yeah, warriors with an A. We are, we are supposed to go on a journey. We are supposed to live through things, learn lessons and pass those lessons on to our children and to our fellow warriors. That's what we're supposed to do. We're tribal creatures that discover, that lead and that figure problems out and figure out solutions to problems. Now, I said that the solution was also the problem. It's because when you feel like someone comes on a podcast and is like, hey guys, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. That warrior part of your brain can be like, I don't want to hear this. Like, you're not getting into me. You're not going to make me ask those questions to myself. You can just go away. And so that part of our brain, that almost the ego section just goes, I don't need to let this in. This is not me. You're just some guy trying to do this, that, and the other. And so we put a, a story, we twist the story. So it's not helpful. It's a threat. Mm. And actually that part of, of us as men is the part that we can harness, which is the, it, which, which is the discovery process, the learning, the journey. That is what it is about, I think. And it's a very surface level answer. I'm sure we'll dig a little bit deeper as we go through. But essentially, we're supposed to go on these adventures, these journeys as men. And by the way, it doesn't mean we have to go and walk out the door with our bow and arrow and step out yeah. into the woods. And, you know, that was a, a Nottingham. Uh, I know, I get uh, it. I'm yeah, Robin, yeah. I get it. I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. So how, but, um, how, how do we get guys to like, so here's the thing, like, you know, with me, with our kind of guys, the main challenges that I always find with a guy when they join our program or yeah. people that reach out to me that have watched my content, they'll watch it and they know I'm a big advocate of doing journaling. Although now I'm a big advocate of doing some form of stillness in the day. But that can be quite a, I always find guys have got this, this resilience to doing, they don't really, they've got this back up against the wall. Oh, I don't want to do that journaling. No, oh, no, no, that's not for me. So what can we actually do to kind of take that away, take the edge away so they can actually start to practice a few of these things? Like, have you yeah. got any self-care routine or anything that you do or you advise to people to kind of break the barriers down so they start to delt, go into this world a little bit more? Yeah, what it is, I think, that helps is a role modeling. Um, and we have to challenge some of the beliefs that we've had installed into us from a very early age about what a man is and, and yeah. how a man should, should act. And of course, if we look at different cultures around the world, this problem doesn't exist for some. Um, and obviously, it's all uh, relevant, it's all relative. But I think on the basis of what I shared just now about that warrior, I'm, I'm part Japanese and so I've modeled it, it my grandmother was Japanese, I, I've modeled it into my belief system that I have the DNA, the ancestry of a samurai, modeled it into my belief system. And when, when you look at that, not only is it about being a great warrior and fighting and stuff like that, but those warriors were extremely artistic. Yeah. They would express themselves and they would believe in the yin and yang process of battle, fight, survive versus reflect decompress now we can take that situation and we can apply we can apply that to a normal working day so we can say all right work was stressful my boss is a, a whatever the guy across the the office is annoying me and the, all these things but that's almost like that's the fight the mindfulness or the stillness or the journaling is the reflection making sense of how you felt and then learning something from it 
So it's just about modeling that in. So rather than thinking, hey, hey, dude, you've got to keep a diary now, you know, <laughs> keep a diary, write in it every day, that'll help. Um, instead of just that being the picture in someone's mind, like I ain't keeping a diary, I'm not going to sit there and write down my feelings, but instead putting it in a different way, which, which can be different for so many people in terms of what they can connect to. But ultimately, I found that that was the thing that helped me embrace it, almost like it was part of my heritage or ancestry but for whatever reason you or the listener paints into your mind that helps you it doesn't matter it's just about figuring out how you can get behind that idea mm. and what what do you have as your kind of go-to or your kind of self-care routine because obviously you've got lots of different things going off with obviously i know it's not open at the minute but the gym um, yeah. and obviously the online world and creating content and being present and obviously being a dad and a leader like how do you kind of gain control on a day-to-day -day basis how do you uh, kind of be in like how do you gain control in terms of your day what do you do on a daily basis for you is you've got a set morning routine have you got set habits that you put in place or what what is it that works for you yeah do you know i i love that question because i don't really have anything profound to share i've been through the whole let's build this morning routine i did that a few years ago and it's a lot better it was sorry it was way worse you know, I had no structure whatsoever, but I think because of just being drilled in that and now knowing what I do and knowing how I think, I can share something else with you, which is that the more you do it and the more you recognize that you're doing it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. So now it could be because like I'll hold my hands up here and just be completely transparent with everybody. I'm no different to you no different to the people listening to this just a guy trying to do his best right but one thing that i know about what you're referring to getting that balance that minds that that um reset of your mind and getting control i can do that by looking out the window now i can look out the window and i can notice something about the way the tree is moving or i can notice something about the sky or i can watch a pigeon or a squirrel and i can just remind myself to get back in tune with it do you know what i mean yeah yeah whereas before that might have had to have been um every morning at, at this certain time i'm going to do this certain thing which is a great place to start and guys like that they like a bit of structure and i guess um you know what it's like now my man it, having the kids changes a lot it changes a lot in terms of what you can and can't do at certain times and you've got to be able to let that go as well you've got to be able yeah. to let that go do you know what? I was so regimented, like we said before, I was so regimented with my routine. Like, and I am really good with my routine now. Like, it's a part of, of who I am right now. But I, I said to you before the call, God, I've, it's been a challenge for me because, God, I, I can't do the morning routine. I had a set hour. I was like, yep, you've got to do this. You've got to do the stillness. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. Now it's been challenged, right? And it's like, God, yeah. <laughs> I've got to find a way that I can still get all these elements that make me feel good in my day. So it's for me like i said the non-negotiable for me every single day is that it may not come in the morning but it may be that i always move every day so it's going to come from exercise i'm always going to practice some form of stillness whether it's going to be journaling meditating yoga being present with my, my son or going on a walk and i think it's so nice so uh, important to get this balance because a lot of business owners and leaders like i've just done a, a podcast before this and the guy that was speaking to in his mastermind a lot of these guys are pent up a lot of these guys are in fight or flight 24 seven. And that's, that's taking a hammering after time. So we've got to build in a, a structure and building some balance so they can start to feel present again. They could start to feel better. 
they could start to take control. Like one thing that I track with all my clients is like the heart rate and HRV and stuff. And a lot mm. of these guys were, these were going off the scale. Mm. Blood sugar levels are everywhere. They're, they're mo- they've got no emotional control. So actually building in a few of these things really does um, help people. And I suppose it starts with awareness, doesn't it? As soon as someone's aware of the thoughts and the language that they're using on a day-to-day basis, then we can take a different action and we can take responsibility for that. Have you got any way that you help people clear the clutter? Because obviously they've got clutter. They've got roadblocks right now. Someone will be listening to this and going, God, I like what Tom is saying. I like what Danny's saying. But I've got a lot of this shit going off. They don't understand my story. Yeah. They don't understand this roadblock that I've got. How can we help a guy in that situation where he's got a lot of these roadblocks and resistance to what we're doing? What would be the first step for that guy? Well, it's a fantastic thing to do because sometimes what we tend to try and do is add something in when actually the answer is getting rid of something, creating some more space. So with the roadblocks, with the problems, with the, the clutter, writing them down and then putting them through a powerful questioning process is what I would recommend to do. So when you write them down, that's great because it can get them out of your head and you can go, do you know what? I am worried about that. I am concerned about that. I am pissed off about this thing. That person is getting on my nerves. You can write all these things down, right? But if you don't then know what to do about them, all you've done is just look at them mm. and gone, oh yeah, I am in a bad place. You know, it's, there's no there's no resolution other than the immediate perhaps release, but that release is short lived because the pressure builds up again as soon as you go to sleep and wake up the next day. Mm. So the, the, the advice that I would give is that when we look at these things on the piece of paper, we then need to be asking ourselves powerful questions like, what can I do about this now? Yeah. Who can help me with this? Yeah? yeah. How can I best approach this one? What is the easiest way to overcome this? What is the best way? And then we start looking at our possibilities. If we don't do that bit, then we've got no options. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, really, I'm really screwed. <laughs> like it's, you've not achieved anything other than confirming how bad things are. Um, so those questions can help to lead to solutions, which is really important. Yeah, because a lot of people will be going through like, just going through the same cycle. They'll wake up in the morning, they'll think the same, they'll feel the same, and they end up doing the same. And it's the same cycle of going, it's almost like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. So actually by, like what you said, create that space where you can obviously gain more awareness, get it out of your head, almost brain dump it onto paper. But then your responsibility is to, to go, right, what can I actually do about this? What's a different action that, that I can take? And I think that's a really a good practical bit of advice that everyone can do right now. Every, yeah. Like tomorrow morning, they can go, right, what am I nervous about, anxious about, fearful about, whatever it is. And then what can I do? Like what are the steps to actually doing something about this? And that will lead them to, and, and, and if this is done as well, like I, I said to say to my guys, you can do this, right? But if you do it once, you're not going to feel the effects. Like you, it's like doing a bicep workout and going, that's it. Yeah. Done. I've got, enough, I've done, I've done enough bicep work. Like it's, it's got to be done over time and via repetition. And yeah. if you use your model, what you've just done there, and you did that over time, the amount of awareness and confidence that you must have from that would be yeah. amazing as a guy, wouldn't it? It's a great point. And that's why sometimes I struggle with the advice on, on the first level in terms of someone who's never done anything like this before, mm. because it's so autonomous to me. It would be almost like anyone listening, trying to describe or explain how to do up your shoelaces. 
you'd go, oh, um, right, well, uh, I don't know, grab, grab each bit, one in each hand. <laughs> of course, but you just know it because you've been yeah. doing it so much and you've become yeah. autonomous with it. And I don't say that in, in any way to brag or to suggest that I'm better at something than anyone else. It's just proof that when you practice something and you drill these thoughts again and again, you actually are able to do it very, very quickly. And it helps a lot. One thing I will just add as well is when you are doing this process of questions, powerful questions, always, always ask questions that provide you with a solution. And the one question that won't is why. Okay. If you ask yourself, or rather when you ask yourself a why-based question, what happens is your unconscious mind just gives you the reason why it exists. And let me give you an example. Let's say a guy's not happy with, um, with, the, with their physique, with their, with their physical appearance, right? Put on a few pounds around the midsection, um, knows they need to do something about it. And that's one of the things that they write down on the piece of paper, okay? Um, what are you worried about? I feel like I'm, I'm getting fat or um, I'm putting on weight, right? If you then ask yourself, all right, let's have a look. Let's do the analysis then. Um, all right, what, why is that happening? Your unconscious mind will just be like, because you're, you're a fat, right? Because you're, sh I don't know if we can swear or not. Swear, go for it, go for it. Like, Let it all out. Because you're a fat bastard. Because you're a fat bastard. Because you eat too much. Because you're fucking lazy, right? Your, your unconscious mind just gives you the doubt. It feeds you the doubt. It's like, well, you, it doesn't, it doesn't know the positive or negative. So it's going, well, you asked me um, why that is because of all those things you think about all the time, which is right. I'm fat, I'm shit, I'm rubbish, which are all these doubtful thoughts that we have, which lead to us having these issues in the first place. So it's a really dangerous question to ask, you know, why, why can't I get a girlfriend? You know, oh, because you're fucking ugly because you, because you're shit in bed. Like that's what your unconscious mind says to you because it's the, it's the fear, it's the pain that you feel that makes it exist in the first place. So it's like opening up the file on your computer and seeing the thing. There it is. Look, there, there are all the thoughts that you've been having about this. That's why you've got this feeling. So we have to avoid using the word why. And we have to think about what can I do to make this better? How can I improve this right now? Who could help me with this? And then we start getting solutions. That's interesting. I've never thought of it that way of not using... That makes total sense to me that not using the why question, because that would lead, if you're doing this work and you're doing this work daily, but you're using that way of doing it, Dead end. You're not gonna, yeah, you, you're not going to see anything. You're not going to see any possibilities nope. and you're going to be limited. And, and like the amount of guys I've spoke to this week are that want to transform their, their energy. They want to transform the body and they're always limited by their past experiences and their past results. So they're kind of stuck. And like what you said, when you reach out, to someone and or you get a coach or a mentor or someone to be that you can be accountable to they can see they can see far ahead further than you they know the roadblocks you've got they know why you're unstuck so they can show you the vision of actually where you can be and that's why it's important like you said to either go and reach out to someone or find a different reason why because that'll be you can far outreach where you're currently at you're always going to be limited to what you can see and where you think you can actually get and I think that's why it's massively when I, when I sit down with my guys that, look, I'm going to show you what you can achieve over the next six to 12 months or whatever. And then we kind of reverse engineer it. Now I know that they're never going to think that they could achieve or get back down to a 32 inch waist. But as soon as they start to see a little bit of progress, the belief builds up, the confidence builds up just because they're doing it via repetition. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think I really like that. I'm going to actually use that uh, with my guys. Yeah, yeah. 
please do. And this will help as well. And I know this has hit home for you and it's useful. So I'll go there with it. It's even when you're thinking about the reasons why something happened, yeah. you know, people, we, we say this to ourselves, unless we train ourselves to unsay it or unthink it, we think, why is this happening to me? Why has this happened again? Why mm. does this always happen? Why is it always me? And, and actually you can just change a very subtle piece of language. And by the way, the language applies to what you say out loud but it also more so applies to what you think. You know, this is the foundation of my entire coaching and consulting uh, profession. It's a language of speech and thought. When you ask a question instead, which could be, for example, what did I do for this to happen? It's different to why is this happening? Mm. What did I do is actually, well, do you know what? I think I've just been, I haven't been exercising. In fact, how much have I been exercising? Another great question, because then you're looking at solutions. So what did I do? Oh, well, this, or how, how much have I been doing? Well, you only trained twice last week. What can I expect with that kind of not much? So there you go. There's right. So, so now what can I do to improve that? Mm. Well, an improvement would be more than two. Okay. How many? Let's go for four. How realistic is that out of 10? Nine out of 10. When will, and here's where the accountability, accountability can come in, when will so-and-so, my coach, my trainer, know that I've done this? When I text them and tell them that I have, or when I show them a selfie or a screenshot of my, do you know what I mean? So all of a sudden, we've gone from this destructive, downward spiraling, oh, why can't I get results? Why am I fat? Why, why doesn't it work for me? And I try so hard. And, and now all of a sudden, you go, well, what did I do to get here? And I think that's the the why a good coach is so important because right like if i if i'm sat here and i'm listening to you right now i've gone from blooming hell I've, I've been doing shit i've been feeling bad about myself to three or four questions later going okay well this is part of my experience this is part of the journey like this is an initial roadblock that i've hit but you know what my coach has reassured me he's put me back in line i'm feeling confident that i can do that that I can be a little bit better then I'm back on track and I feel I can actually achieve this. Whereas somebody else would go that's not empathetic and go, or don't know how to lead a client would go, oh, you're just doing shit. You need to do this yeah, a little yeah. bit better. So actually asking powerful questions is your, your, is your, what's the word? Um, your, almost like your champion thing. Like, cause, yeah, you, is, yeah. cause you ask great questions. That's what really sticks out and helps your clients. I can imagine. Yeah, it's interesting what you say there about the one that, was, that would say, like, because you, you've been doing shit, you need to do that. The odd thing about that, mate, is sometimes that's what people crave. That's actually yep. the thing that they think, oh, yeah, I've been kicked up the ass by my trainer, here we go, right? But what they don't realize is that that is just a loop. 100%. It's a pattern. It's almost like if, that, if, <laughs> if the thought pattern was going on inside your head and it didn't go as far as your forehead, no one would see it. But let's say it just went a little bit further out and it just looped a little bit further. You'd see it come out your forehead and back in your head again, right? That's all that is. It's just it went a little bit further out and it included someone else and it probably included a Facebook post. So yeah. that's what, that's what that, that is. And actually, all, all it is is the, it's the, our unconscious mind just craves what it's had before. Mm -hmm. And all that is is either you've kicked yourself in the ass before or your teachers, your dad when you were younger, your older brother, someone of authority when you were younger that when you're shit, you need to do better. And that's the understanding that we have is what we think the answer is. But what we don't understand is that is also a dead end because it's no different. And in order to change, you need different. So um, I love that you brought that up because um, 
you see it all the time, you know, and look, again, I'm, I'm just a guy like you, like anyone listening, I've done this before. I've recognized when I've done it and I've done it a lot more before I started, you know, obviously teaching this kind of stuff, but been the one to go, that's it. I'm going to do this. You know, watch me go. This is a new me. I'm going to go and climb that mountain and then not done that. But in the moment you're you're ready to do it. Yeah. And because you've obviously got a lot of experience in terms of the different things that you've achieved. Right. And also because you've studied a lot on yourself and NLP and and, and your mind, I think you can spot, um, blind spots a lot easier or you yes. can spot things a lot better than what a coach that hasn't gone through those things because you've got an experience that you can see exactly how a person's thinking and feeling and how you can actually help them because i think that the art of coaching and leadership is to actually show them like hey that this is what's good not actually just force it down them like hey this is what you're fucking doing wrong this is what you need to do look have you thought about this have you thought about what what's going wrong there what, where does that mean where does that lead you and because you're doing that, you're actually showing them the path and showing them the way a lot better than an enforcer would be, I feel. Yeah. And although an enforcer can get a result, mm. that result may not be as, as sustainable or the ownership may not be there. Um, subconsciously, they might always feel like that was the trainer that did it and not me. Mm. Um, and ultimately, will always lack a learning, a deep learning process, which is what the opposite approach can achieve it's the understanding, it's the education, it's all the stuff that we talked about right at the start here about the, the, the warrior's discovery, you know, being on that journey of I'm, a, I'm trying to do this thing or I'm on this journey where I'm attempting this and this and now I think I get it, now I think I understand what I should do rather than, yes, I'll do it. You know, it's a totally different thing. 100%. Do you know one of the funniest things, I was just thinking a minute ago, like we spoke before this podcast as well about... Um, like I've been promised, I want to make this perfectly clear to everyone as well that's listened to this. Like one of my biggest roadblocks and things that I've been experiencing right now was that I was meant to do this podcast a year ago and I have not done this podcast, right? And I've been crippled, not crippled, but I've been, I've been in this fear state. I've been in this fear state, like what will the peers that I look up to think of me? What will these people think of me? Now, there's also going to be people out here that are listening to this that are embraced, that they've got this fear. And they're feeling crippled by it because people might judge them in moving forward with the body or yep. moving forward with the business. What would, what would you say to this person right now that is crippled by this? They know they need to, they know they really need to make a change, but they can't seem to get going because they've got this fear. They've got this block. What would you do? To that? What's the one thing that you would really help that person with initially? Or what, what's the advice that you'd give to them? Sometimes when we're trying to maneuver around fear, we have to just create some wiggle room. And sometimes that's, that's actually to change what we're scared of. Um, if we think that we're scared of what people may think about it, our peers, people that we look up to, um, the guys at school, from, from school, not at school. I'm assuming most people aren't at school. Um, but if we're, if we're thinking that we're scared of that, we can actually change what we're scared of to something that would really encourage us to do it. Like, like how scared would you be if you, if you found out that you only had a week to live and you hadn't done it? Mm. And, and I'm, I know that's quite a brutal statement, but sometimes that's what we need to do to overcome these silly things. We need to bring perspective 100%. of what's more important. And that's a lot of what my talk was about, my TEDx talk, as you know. But you know what? If there was ever a time to be thinking like this, it's actually now. 100%. Because I'm sure that the out of the, at the time of, of us doing this, which is the 15th of April, I'm sure that none of the, just shy of 13,000 people that have already passed away from coronavirus were thinking that they were going to die three weeks ago. Yeah. 
you know? So it really is um, a case of what do you want to do with your life? And, and is it really worth letting those opinions of people stop you from doing something that you profoundly feel like you want to do? Yeah. So if we can change that, it's, by the way, it's still not a good thing to be motivated by fear, in my opinion. But if we can create that wiggle room just to get that initial momentum and start doing it, then we can actually build the plane as we fly a little bit and then start to refigure how we're going to approach this so that it's not about doing it for fear, but actually doing it for love and doing it for purpose. You know, that's the ultimate destination for when you do anything. 100%. And you know what? That's exactly pretty much what I did uh, for me, like, selfishly, like with the podcast, I did it for my clients. I did yeah. a mini podcast series. It built my confidence. So, hey, people actually want to hear what you're, what you're saying. I've yeah. always done Facebook Live and stuff. So like you say, it would be starting really really small for someone um and actually just building up but i like what you said there as well about perspective because like i say a lot of people right now they're consumed by news uh they're consumed by gossip they're consumed about everything that's happening out there they're just watching what's going off in the world but they're losing sight of like what we spoke about before it's called they're losing sight of all the goodness that's happening right now so in terms of that you get to spend more time with your family you could work on things that you've always wanted to do. You could learn a language. You could learn a skill. You've got more time to be still. The world's on pause. So you, you, if you have this perspective switch to here, you can actually use this time to grow and you can see the opportunity in all this. So we yeah. can come out better, better people. Definitely. There's an, obvious, there's an obvious pain here for anyone who's affected by it directly. Yeah. And aside from that, which is absolutely everything, aside from that, there's so much opportunity for growth. So much. And I've been talking about this a lot. It's the three things that you can do here. It's the physical, it's the mental, and it's the, and it's the emotional position in your own self. Using this time to improve um, at least one of those and keep the others at the same rate has made you, in theory, a better person coming out of this but there's a good chance that you can achieve all three physical mental and emotional development because doing that increases your your stake increases your your value so when you're thinking about work you know maybe now you think you want to set your standards a bit higher maybe you want to change careers maybe you want to go and do that thing you've always wanted to do maybe you want to go for that promotion with relationships maybe it's like okay now i think i'm ready to start dating people and because i feel more confident or maybe i'm ready to make that change in my life because i've put the work into myself and i've increased my stock value um that's a a massive opportunity we've we've never been through anything like this before and that's scary scary as shit obviously for the scary part of it but it's also an incredible opportunity because there's no way everyone would stop for this long in any other circumstance 100% I mean I've been quite I've been pleasantly surprised um, by a lot of people that have reached out to me in terms of that what it's actually done for their confidence because what I mean by that is that they've not felt the pressure of because the world stopped they've not felt pressure to keep up to certain standards or pushed certain things in their life that they're not wanted to do and they've never had time to sit back and, and work on these things now they've gone and they've, they've, they've had more time to just pause and they have started to build up the confidence by doing a few of these tasks on a day-to-day -day basis. They've been sticking to their own promises, whether it's going to be um, trying something uh, emotionally, maybe it's trying meditating or trying journaling, or maybe it's trying to learn a bit of Spanish, 
whatever they've tried to do, because it's that one thing that they've worked on, that's then leading into the next, leading into the next year. Like, you know what? I'm going to try this 5K run that I've wanted to do for five years. You know what? I'm going to try and read that book. I've always said I'm going to read 10 pages of a book a day, but I've never quite done it. So when we see that perspective change, the opportunities to lead into everything else in our life, that one thing can change everything. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. If you can just pick one thing out of that and commit to doing it, then it's going to help you. Undoubtedly, it will help you. And it's just one thing at a time. Mm. Are you working on anything at a minute for you? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I'm learning. I am learning on a course, as we spoke about before this. I'm learning that, um, putting in the time. And I'm just learning a lot about parenting as well. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just <laughs> the challenges yeah yeah like uh i think i mentioned to you just before it's it's really opened my eyes actually as to the stuff that i didn't know about my kids and what they didn't know about me um having all this time together is just incredibly i'm incredibly grateful for it so how's that mean do you feel though on a day-to-day basis you're not actually spending more time uh, with your son and your daughter are you appreciating uh, that a lot more? Is, uh, how is it making you feel on a, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, like, I'm not ashamed to say I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying it. And I, I, I say that in that way because I know there's a lot of people that aren't able to stay at home right now. Mm. Um, and those guys and girls are incredible, the key workers, the people that are putting in the time and having to go and do long hours and everything. And I'm sure that they would love to do that but this is their role to play in this moment in time and ours will come when the economy kicks back up and we're working to keep every, you know, and, and so I would do that if I could. Um, my role here now is to, is to be dad and do what I can really uh, to learn about them and to just set an example because they're learning from us all the time. You know, my wife and I would talk about it a lot, how we've had to control the way that we're, feeling and the way that we behave around them because they're just watching us all the time Mm. and um that goes to any parent that's listening to this you know we're going to be able to well they're going to be able to say one day to their kids and their grandkids that um that they lived through the COVID-19 and that their mum and dad did everything they could to make home fun and we were doing all these things and playing in the garden and stuff so you know this is history being written now and what do you feel then as I'm just a little bit of dad speak here, but yeah. what do you feel makes you is going to make you obviously a, a really good, if his dad's listening to this and like going, I just want to be, I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better role model or a better leader. Like what are the things that as a dad, you can focus on uh, to be a better dad and be there for your, your son or your daughter. What are the things that you'd say to that, that guy? I had a five minute conversation with my three and a half year old today in the kitchen <laughs> all right, about, okay. yeah, about like what he thinks about it all. Really? And I, yeah, and I promise, like, and I appreciate the ages are, are, are different for everyone's kids, but I don't think it matters too much how old they are. What I'm about to say, which is speak to them like they're an adult and see what happens. Um, ask them some of the questions like we spoke about earlier using some of those language patterns. Like, I just had him on my lap and I was like, So, what, what's going on then? I was like, how, how are you? And he was like, Yeah, I'm good. And I said, What do you think about everything then? He was like, I think everything is good. And he was like talking and, <laughs> and I said, uh, I said like, 
what, what about this coronavirus then? And he was like, yeah, we haven't been to the farm. And I was like, no, no, we haven't. It's like, <laughs> when it's all over, can we go? And I'm like, yeah, we can. And so like the, <laughs> the advice is, I know, like, I'm not, I'm not like dad of the year or anything. Don't yeah, get me yeah, wrong, yeah. you know, but I do know that whenever I ask him questions and treat him like an adult, yeah, he just comes out with this like awesome perspective, you know, <laughs> and I think that's, that's what helps change though, isn't it? Like, you know, when you're going, if you're having a down day or a bad day, and then like you say, you have a community, you have that communication with your son where he just puts like, come, we'll be able to go back to a farm. You're like, you know what? Life yeah. is, <laughs> life is, life is actually pretty good. I really do love that. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I think, I think obviously if dads are out there, it's actually from listening to what you've said then as well. And obviously I'm learning this right now because obviously my son's only uh, just over three months old. So it's a little bit different, but yeah, I'm just learning really to have be... a chat with you. Yeah. <laughs> can't have a chat at all of it. I'm just trying to get him not to cry. That's, that's the main yeah. focus, but it's actually trying to be um, like everything that I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to be totally focused and trying to be totally present when I'm with him. And actually when I do get to that point, one of the things that me and my girlfriend Tara have been speaking about is like what you've done is actually being able to communicate with them and have that open, honest um, dialogue to actually help them, grow and to, for you to be able to feel that you're part of a team that they can open up to you you can open yep. up to them i think that's really i like what you've said that because i think that's really important as a dad and um yeah. when you've got a son or a daughter that they've got those open channels to actually speak to you about it is it is really important and the print that we're making on them is not to be underestimated everybody will build their emotional understanding of the world between zero and seven and we'll get a lot of that modeled from our parents um there is no way to get it right like you just you just got to do your best there's going to be areas that you don't reach there's going to be holes there's going to be gaps nobody can do it right like you just got to do your best and yeah. then give them the tools and the resources and the and the trust to be able to come back and ask when they're 20 21 and and to be able to say like i'm thinking like this like what should i do and that's when you can maybe have the chance to fill those gaps. What are you most looking forward to over the next few years? As you know, as your son and your, your daughter get older, what are you most looking forward to? Just seeing what they get into. Like I think it's important as a dad to let go of your sort of expectations of what you think that they're going to be. You're going to be a Nottingham Forest or you're going <laughs> to be... <laughs> yeah. yeah, and just like seeing what their, what their little personalities are going to yeah. going to lead them towards you know and their and their unique talents and just making sure that they're allowed to express themselves in whatever that is um encourage it no matter what like i'm excited about that and and sharing it with kelly obviously and my, my wife and just seeing them do these cool things and and um just making the world you know, making their little print on the world however that might be so what's what's next for you then tommy like what are yep. you where are you wanting to go over the next five years because obviously you've had a good level of success in terms of getting a book out there ted yep. talk gym uh, speaking coaching um uh, doing a lot of seeing you've done a hell of a lot of charity events and, and, and like yes. really good things that you've accomplished so now it's like shit okay we can kind of see that we've hit this peak you, you, a lot of people can see how do we or if people are listening to this as well how do we then push a beyond that peak so you've got to this peak right now, but what's the next level of success for you? What does that kind of look like? Or what are you striving for? What's your next peak of the mountain, really? Yeah, it's a good question. I think at the moment, it's very based on feeling. It's just ha it's the happiness. And it's a bit of a cop-out answer. But the, the truth is, 
I knew that the twenties were going to be that. I just like took every, every opportunity in my twenties to just do as much as I possibly could. And yeah. my whole philosophy was I want to do more. I want to do so much that when people say to me, Oh, congratulations. I'm thinking, what are you, what are they talking about? Mm. Which, which one of, and it's, it's just the, the mindset that I, that I took on, which one of my things are they talking about here? Cause I, I've done a few things like every year, I'd want to do like a handful of things that you would ha be happy to do in 10 years. Yeah. Um, but thirties now it's, and I held on to that for a while, but now it really is just about learning how to get this right. And I struggle. Sometimes I make mistakes, um, but I'm just doing my best to learn how to balance everything properly. And I think this process now that we're in this lockdown, this isolation is helping to figure that, that feeling out of what I would like life to be like. So in terms of the question, what's next for success? I have a lot of ambition, but I won't put that ambition first if it means that I'm going to sacrifice what's more important, yeah. you know? Um, that's the sweet spot. And like I said, it's my, it's my biggest, you talked about this whole adventure and this whole fight. That's my biggest one. It's getting that as right as I possibly can um, and continuing to just live on purpose, you know, but you'll, you'll feel it having a little in yourself now. And as, uh, as Ruben gets older, you're, you're going to, you're going to notice that the colors change slightly. And there might be a period of time where you have to adapt to that. And at that point, cause it happened for me and it was ugly. It was quite ugly in the sense that, I had a lot of fires to put out in business and I had to remodel a lot of my commitments. Um, my advice would be, and this is to you, but to anyone listening is the sooner you can sit down and have a think about what that looks like in terms of what life needs to be, the cadence of life, the priorities, and the sooner you can do that, the better. Mm, I love yeah. that. Do you know what? And that's why we, we spoke before and I said, look, I'm appreciating this time just to be there and actually see my, my son growing up right now. Like I'm like you, I've got plenty of ambition. I know what I want. I know where I want to be, but sometimes you can get lost and not spend the time either with your partner or obviously with your son or your daughter. So I am actually appreciating that time just to bring me back into, into some form of balance. And, and it's actually making me realize bloody hell, Danny, you've not been putting the time into certain aspects of your family or to your, your community this is you need to put back into this shit because you've just been focused on where you want to be and not yeah. the other shit that's actually important to you. And I had a family member last week that got really, really ill and it actually hit home like, fuck, I've not been there. I, I've not been there for the last um, so many months because I've been so focused on where I want to be for my family and, and me personally that sometimes you miss all this important stuff. So I think this is a great time to actually realize all that stuff as well. Yeah, it's also important that as someone who helps others, you, you'll always know this, you'll know it, but there's a difference between, I, I posted this, my last post on Instagram, I believe, which was a page of my book. And the kind of narrative of the post was that sometimes we know things, but until we actually taste it, mm. we don't know it, mm. you know? Um, but then, hey, we come full circle, mate, because that really is everything about the warrior's journey. You've got to be on the battlefield, otherwise it doesn't count. 100%. You, don't, you, you, don't, you don't learn anything otherwise. So as long as we can do those two things, which is one step up and get in the battlefield in the first place, 
yeah. and then two, reflect on what happened, we'll always be able to go back in stronger. Mm, I love that. Be courageous to step in and then reflect on your journey. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tommy, where can people uh, find you? Because uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of um, guys and girls that want to either reach out to you or follow you after this podcast. So where can they uh, hear from you more um, and where can they reach out to you if they need your help? Yeah, um, the best place is Instagram, which would be at Tommy Gentleman. I am on all the, the platforms, though. You'll find me on pretty much anywhere that you look to me. And with my name, you should be able to see me, um, which is, again, why I'm grateful. There can't, can't, can't be too many Tommy Gentlemans, are there? There are, there are a few. Are there really? Me once. Yeah, one messaged me and was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so there are. But yeah, you'll find me. Uh, I think I'm probably the most active on social media out of all the Tommy Gentlemen. Well, so <laughs> you should be able to find me yeah, on there. And I'd, I'd welcome anyone to jump in and have a, have a, a conversation about any of the, the things that I post and anything I can help with. And personally, I just want to say you've got to go and find, follow uh, Tommy because he does produce awesome content. Um, and I think it will help a lot of people. Cheers, mate. I appreciate that. All right. So thanks for joining me, Tommy. And we'll speak soon. Danny, thank you for having me.